Hey, and welcome to D6 Minutes, the Daiso for Everything companion podcast where we choose a bunch of topics and talk about them for as long as the dice decide. All right, so I guess our toughest question like every week is, what have you been up to for the hobby? Oh, on the floor? It's nice. Fell on the floor. It doesn't count. No. Nope. Well, it apparently it's the same number. One minute. One minute. So All right. Just a quick recap. Mm-hmm. Go for it. All right. So I think I'm mainly working on the same things I was working on last week for some Akari guys that for Infinity that all for some reason have cowboy ha- cowboy hats because it just felt like a theme that there's a whole bunch of bounty hunters and guys like that who are mercenaries who join that Akari mercenary company in Infinity. So I'm like, oh, they should all have cowboy hats. So I've now just been like laying down the base coats on them. So that's what I've been up to. Yeah, I've definitely found the idea of running those mercenary companies fun. Uh, But what I've been working on is actually uh, I've kind of put aside my Infinity for a little bit, and I've been working on terrain. So I assembled a whole bunch of terrain for Necromunda, and I've been painting them all all rust-like. So from which system? Like for all different places? Uh, or? I'm painting the Kill Team Octarius orc terrain, but I've filed off most of the orc symbols. So they are now yeah, just cool. like post-apocalyptic terrain. Yeah, with GW, you've either got to take off the skulls or take off the, the orc faces. There's no there's no getting around having to to get rid of their iconography. Yep. All right, we have an easier question. Nope, I'm still loading my list. I forgot to load it. So, uh-huh. so you want for you? You want me to send another one? Yep. Okay, so just on the hobby front, because I've been doing some bases for those Infinity guys I just talked about, and haven't had any resin bases around, because well, no, I have resin bases around, but they have such big tactical rocks, as Infinity likes to call them, on the bases that I can't mm-hmm. use resin bases. So I've had to sort of surround the tactical rocks with texture medium. So thinking of that, my question is, what's your favorite texture medium? Favorite texture medium. All right. Gosh, just, the dice want to know. Five minutes. Oh, wow. Well, the dice wants to know a lot about this. Because I don't really use texture medium. Okay. So basically it has to be the only one that I've really used, which is like the crackle medium used for bases. Uh, so you you basically it's basically I don't know some medium that basically cracks up. You have to add some paint to it, which I did not know before because they don't have actual like tutorials or something like that, and there's no instructions really. But apparently you you need to lay paint on onto the base so that you can so that the the cracker medium is something to adhere to. You can't just be uh, plain plastic plain like GW plastic because it's it, too it like shiny to peel off. Yeah. So you have to put the paint on first. Then you have to mix the crackle medium with actual paint. And then you apply the medium on to the base to get it to work. I did not know how to do this. I kept on failing. And in fact, I still don't know how to do it. And I still fail. And the only reason I could get it to work is because I bought specifically pre-mixed, like pre-paint added crackle medium. And then how did you learn the fact that you had to... Yeah, because often when I use texture mediums, they just go straight onto the plastic or acrylic base. I mean, I usually say if it's like an acrylic base, because uh-huh. you can get like the like just get acrylic bases, but they're so smooth, I usually sand them up with some pretty hard grit sandpaper first, because uh-huh. otherwise it, anything may just flake right off of it. Yeah. And if the, when you go to sort of prime the edges of it with primer, primer may come off uh-huh. as well if you haven't sanded those acrylic bases. So like with every other 
available. Most really? texture mediums I've used, I just put them straight on. Did you just wash them? Are you sure you're not just supposed to wash it? No, the acrylic doesn't have release agents on it. Oh, sorry, the acrylic, like just mm -hmm. plastic. I got it. Yeah, 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 but it has such a smooth, shiny finish that you're yeah. not probably going to get things to adhere to it. Yeah, actually, I just realized the one thing I actually use is um, more than that. That's just a pre-bought thing, right? Which mm -hmm. I was I was I was having fun with, but I actually do mostly just use um, baking soda and glue, super glue, for sand or uh, or snow texture. Okay, yeah, baking soda seems very well. It's probably more realistic for like a sandy ground texture, but mm -hmm. like because everything it measures is tiny, usually you mm -hmm. have to sort of enlarge it unless it's heads you shouldn't enlarge heads on miniatures just so you see them but with the texture of the ground you can't really see sand and notes that so usually yep. you end up using like a grade of like stones that are bigger than they actually would be but i'm not sure they even make this anymore my favorite one for the longest time has been sort of the vallejo sandy medium but now they've rebranded and produced all new stuff so i'm probably gonna have to go out and buy a whole bunch of new different ones i don't know man sand medium like like you were saying it's way too like it's way too rough right i actually found the the way that i did it is super glue with uh baking soda and that produces a much more rough kind of texture uh than the normal way that people do it with uh almer's glue and for for snow they usually use almer's glue and baking soda and that produces a much smoother kind of texture right mm -hmm. but uh with if you use super glue and then just sprinkle on the um uh, the baking soda, it does create a very good, pretty fine sand grain thing that I feel is pretty close. But so, I do use it for snow, but it's a little bit too thick for snow, and you should definitely then use uh, uh, Elmer's glue to, to, to so that it doesn't set. I, I assume it's because when you add the sand, it just kind of sets the super glue, so it's a little bit more thick. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it just, just sort of falls into the into the regular white glue. And then dries so, it out immediately. And then so it, when you've got it, the sand over top of the super glue, does it actually have enough texture that when you dry brush it, it starts showing the grain? Yeah. Uh, okay. In fact, like I said, too much for snow. Okay. Because you don't usually think of using super glue on the base as like something to glue things down to. But yeah, it's going to work pretty quickly. So. Oh, super quickly. It like drains all of the moisture out of the super glue and it dries like immediately. Yeah, the I guess with the acrylic mediums, you could paint directly over them, but you probably want to prime it just to have sort of the edge of the base hit as well. Mm -hmm. So It might I actually work if you use that and then you sprinkle um, baking soda in there. It's like it's like modeling slash baking soda. Yes, yeah, so the downside I have about the one I've been using, which I've seen some other interesting ones out there, is that all the grain is the same size, so it doesn't look totally natural, because when you go and like walk on the dirt or rocks outside, they're not all the same perfect size rock. Yeah. So I think I want to go and buy some other ones that actually have more variation to them next because they've stopped producing the Vallejo Sandy Medium from what I've seen. Anyhow, there's our little rant on that. All right. So next one. My list has loaded up now. Hopefully it hasn't screwed up the audio, but yep. Yeah. All right. So my question is... Oh. I want to do this one uh, because this is like along the same kind of things we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um so like i was saying uh, earlier i was painting a lot of like rusty uh post-apocalyptic terrain right and i've been playing a lot around with uh true metallic paints and so my question is what is your best rust recipe 
two minutes. Two minutes. I don't. I don't even know if or I. Or kind of like it. interesting, kind of whatever, interesting metal look. So, since I've been doing mostly Infinity, which I stay away from, and true metallic metals on, this is going to be a recipe for. It could be a like, non-metallic as well. Yeah, no, it's going to be a non-metallic recipe. Like it's, I think it's easier to do it with true metallics to make things look rusty. But I basically start out with a sort of dark grayish, like greenish gray, like really, really dark. Mm-hmm. Then wash that just to get all of the lines sort of black lined. Then okay. go and do like a bit of dry brushing on it, just with some lighter gray to give some just variation to the color. Okay. Just so the surface doesn't look like all the same even gray color. Then okay. take sort of a reddish brown, like red leather from the Vallejo range. And just start dabbing that around, just focusing mainly on the creases and corners. Mm-hmm. Like any sort of inside corner, start put more of it on, then choose some areas and then dab that. And then come over top of that with an orange, not like a vibrant orange, but another like orange brown, which is the color off the Vallejo line as well that I use for that. And just again, take like a really small brush that'd be like a dry brush and just start dabbing that around and just focus on the inside corners. Then after that, just come back and just sort of dry brush the edges of things where it looks like a light gray. So it looks like some of the edges of the metal where you'd get wear happening have like have been shone, like they've been shined because they've just been rubbed. So you're now seeing like the metal, not sort of the, the oxidized surface. So that's that's okay. my favorite. Interesting. So I'll just tell you my, just to, as contrast, I'll tell you my um, true metallic recipe. And this is for the lazy people. So first I use, so I'll tell you exactly what I've been doing. Um, so I use the Vallejo uh, liquid silver, I think, uh, which is basically just a silver paint, right? Painted that on. Then I wash things down with... Uh, it was a mix of, um, what do you call it, the the dark, like the army painter dark wash, like the the dark sepia kind of wash. It's mm-hmm. not sepia. It's strong the dark. Tone? Strong tone, yeah. It's the brown wash, sorry. Mm-hmm. With strong tone, a bit of red wash from the same line. Mm-hmm. Then I also added uh, some, what's it called? A GW, they're, they're brown, they're brown color. I don't know. They have stupid names, so it's super hard to remember. And I didn't even remember Strong Tone, so how am I going to remember that? Uh, so a kind of brown one. I can actually go look it up right now. And then, so I washed it all down, and so it kind of seeps into the corners, right? Then I went back and used Vallejo Rust so mm-hmm. on top of that to add a, a lighter thing. So this is the lightning step, right? But then so what also, is... What is the Vallejo Rust? Is it just like a paint color, or is it a it, medium? Vallejo, so it's an airbrush Vallejo Rust. It is, mm-hmm. it's like a shiny reddish brown, like it's a, it's a reddish brown with uh, shininess on it. Okay. So it adds a little bit of that shine. I don't. It, it ends up looking pretty good, especially like you can't just apply it directly. I think you do need that shade first, right, to have to dump it down. Then I uh, white lined everything with a like platinum. Uh, platinum uh, highlight from Canadian, Great Canadian Paints or something like that. Some painting, some whatever paint line. And I'll, I'll, I'll say these afterwards. And then the last thing I did 
was then I just went through and used an orange, um, an orange, clear orange mixed with uh, a little bit of uh, German yellow to lighten it up. And then I went went in and put in the the, the highlight streaks, right, yes, so a, for the rust streaks. It's a pretty vibrant so the, orange then, yeah. So it becomes quite orange. So with the rust on the bottom, well, with the, the wash, then the rust, and, uh, and then the orange streaks it looks actually quite good i was quite impressed mm-hmm. and it was pretty easy i know that actually now sounds like a lot of steps but it was actually pretty easy mm-hmm. well rust is messy so it's easy all right we've gone on long enough okay well if i had another question ready i would ask it and if i knew you could hear it but given that you've walked over to to name the paint colors but anyhow i'm yes. sure most people just have their favorite Contrast. paint lines Cygor brown is the one that i was thinking about and legendary paints is the actual uh, paint line where I got the transparent orange from. Mm-hmm. Oh, and oh, the platinum. Also, oh, okay, yeah. Usually transparent paints come in like more primary colors, just like red or orange, but this is actually mixed neat. So, yeah, so legendary paints, I think that I don't know what's up with their their legendary, not legendary, their, their platinum highlight, but it's like the finest brown um, highlight that I've seen. It is so good. And it actually has coverage? No. Oh, well, okay. So I paint the, the, the thing up below, but then w- when I highlight it, it looks so great. It looks so shiny and everything like that, and I don't see the you know, the normal grain afterwards. Mm-hmm. The, the coverage is not quite as good, so I usually use a, a different one, but I haven't I haven't actually tried their other, uh, their, their more normal steel, right? It's like literally supposed to be a platinum highlight, but it makes it a really nice, clear, like very, very finely ground in terms of the uh, the um, metal flakes, so it's I can't recommend that enough. Legendary Paints, look it up. Legendarypaints.com. All right, all right. Last question, I think. Okay, so let's see if I have any others. All right, so. How many games per day is too much for a game day with friends? And this is oh, coming wow. up because we started playing Necromunda. And that was a long day. All right, two minutes. Uh-oh. Is that enough? Well, we overdid the last one, so yes, I think we yes. should stop. We overdid two, the last two, one by no, no. double. Oh, you, no, that doesn't count. You're, you you got to follow the dice. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, we had six minutes for one. It's we had two, one, two, five, one, two, so and exactly two. Nine, okay. Yeah. All right, so the number of games... So in two minutes, there's obviously a lot of qualifiers, and this could be like a whole full-length podcast. But in brief, it depends on the length of the games. But if we're talking about like a standard miniature war game that might take like an hour and a half, so yeah, a bit more than two hours, I would say with friends, two out, two games of those is probably enough. And it's different than a tournament. Because a tournament, you're there, you're there to focus on playing games, whereas friends, you're going to want to hang out a bit. So with a tournament, I'd be fine for going up to three games. But with friends, I don't think you want to push it beyond more than two standard games. And obviously, you're playing, if you're playing faster games, yeah, sure, you can play more. So that's my, my minute on that one. And this is why we always are, like, not exactly aligned. Because I think three games is, for, for those love, those kind of games, three games is about good. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, also depends on how long you're hanging out, right? If you're just there, like, for the evening or whatever, then that's fine. But, like, three games, that's, like, six hours. So that's, like, equivalent, you know, it's going to be longer than that, right? So, but if you're there for, like, a games day, right? Usually you come, come, I don't know, either before lunch or after lunch, and then you keep on going. You usually go past dinner, right? Depending, right? So, so 
that's like a full day kind of thing. You should be able to fit in three games, right? Because it's unlike a tournament. The reason why I think you can still do the three games is because unlike a tournament, it's much more relaxed, and you're also staying there generally for longer because you don't, you know, you don't have to get kicked out. So whereas normally uh, in a tournament, you're just concentrating on playing as well as you can. When you're with friends, you uh, actual playing should be relaxing. Right. You know, when you're at a friend's place, you like drinking beers or whatever like that. And you kind of play that through. So I, I feel like you can do three games. And that is my pitch to you to play more games next time we have a game stay. I, I would counter that, but the dice has told me not to because our two minutes okay. are up. Yeah. All right. So that has been our uh, D6 minutes. Um, yeah. If you have any questions for us, uh, you can uh, email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah, or find us on Facebook. We're Dice Over Everything. This is being Alan. It's from Brandon. Bye.